everybody, it's Chris from CRT Sports Cards, and thank you for checking out the audio version of our video series. If you want the full experience, please go to YouTube at YouTube slash CRT Sports Cards. Now, let's get to the podcast. If you live in the Western United States, California, Oregon, or Washington like I do, hopefully you're staying safe. Hopefully you've not lost anything in these tremendous fires. But let's now have a little bit of distraction from that. Let's talk about the end of week number 25 in Project 2020. Thank you for clicking on my video. My name is Chris, otherwise known as at CRT underscore sports cards on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want the best website for everything related to Project 2020, it's my website, CRTSportsCards.com. But there's a thought in my mind that I'm really trying to get rid of and really trying to decide this is not correct, but it really feels as if Topps is trying to not kill off the project, but at the same time keep its success at a minimum. And at the minimum is where we're at right now with the print runs, 2,000 to 3,000, because that is better for them. But is that better for us and what does that mean for us? But we'll cover all of that as the show progresses. But let's take a quick look back at the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday cards and then recap the cards that came out on Thursday and Friday. My favorite of the day was the Matt Taylor Nolan Ryan. Take a look at the Jacob Rochester, Tony Gwynn, wow. But when it came to my favorite of the day, I went with that Roberto Clemente by Tyson Beck. The leader in the clubhouse for me for the week is this Jacob Rochester. So headed into Thursday, that Rochester was my favorite card of the day, but then Grotesque released his Cal Ripken Jr. and Andrew Theo released his Mariano Rivera. I will say, there was a fantastic day on Thursday from both artists. The Ripken was great. I really liked the Orioles on the side. That was a transformation of his artwork and sort of the figures he's used in his cards. I also just recently released my top 10 video for Grotesque when it comes to his first 10 cards in Project 2020. So check out that video, I'll have it linked right here. Take a look at that after this video. And on the Mariano, a fantastic work by Andrew Thiel. Here again though, I really wish it was bigger. A ton of detail in these cards, but a great card overall. And then on Friday, we had Keith Shore release his Willie Mays and Fuchi release his Ichiro. As I said on Twitter, I'm not too sure if I'm supposed to be confused by these cards, like these cards, dislike these cards, buy them, not buy them. These were two very interesting pairings together. I do understand the reference on the Willie Mays to the photo of him playing the guitar. I really wish that Old Man Allen had picked up this photo also for his card because it'd have been great to see how the Keith Shore sells versus the Old Man Allen, but it was a really cool interpretation. We're gonna find out in the next couple of hours how well it sold, I have no idea. On the Ichiro, uh, I picked up five copies, not because I'm, I'm buying Fuchi, not because I'm, I'm buying uh, Ichiro himself for the set. I just kind of like this card. It's really, really interesting. I don't know the mushrooms in the background. I don't really get this card. It's a card I look at and I'm, I'm super intrigued by. So I just picked it up to have five copies in the future. We'll see what happens with it. But when it comes to the card of the week, the one card, if I had to only pick one of the 10, which one would it be? I have to go with the hometown advantage here. I have to go with the Cal Ripken by Grotesque. The Rochester Tony Gwynn is just fantastic, but I went with the Grotesque Cal Ripken because it's an evolution of the set. It's an evolution of his card. The Orioles on the side are what draw me in. The green is phenomenal. I think it's a fantastic display piece. I say that a lot with a lot of cards, but I really think if you're a Ripken fan or a Grotesque fan, you put this in the center of your collection, it's gonna look really, really good. But then on the Rochester, it's a fantastic card. As I've said numerous times, 
I have stopped sleeping on Rochester. Many of his recent cards from the good and on have just been fantastic. His Ichiro is awesome. His Gwyn has been fantastic. So I would take a look at his cards. A lot of them are low printed. There could be potential here for these cards for him as an artist. He still has a lot of cards left. And now taking a quick look at the print runs for the week, the leader in the clubhouse going into the last two announcements is that Derek Jeter by Ullman Allen, 4,300. The second highest printed card is Don Mattingly by JK5. And then the other cards, Nolan Ryan, Mariano, very similar, 3.2, just under 3.2. And the lowest card of the week is the Tony Gwynn by Rochester and the Ripken by Grotesque. But by the time you see the video, we might have the print runs for the Ichiro and the Willie Mays. There is a potential one of those two cards could come underneath the lowest numbers right now, the Rochester or the Ripken. We will find out. But when you think about this set overall, this is where we're at at the moment in the set. 2,000 print runs, 3,000 print runs, the big cards printing over 4,000, and maybe a major card, maybe a Ben Baller, maybe a Jameson printing seven, 8,000, maybe a Mike Trout printing nine, 10,000. I think that's where we're at for the moment, and I think that's where we're gonna be at for the foreseeable future. And it begs the big question, is this what Topps wants? Let's dive into all of that right now. First though, let's answer the question of the day because I think it's really gonna kind of walk us through and explain where Topps is at with this set. And it starts with this question from at NorCal Dugouts on Twitter. And Mark, thank you for the question. Very simply, it states, what drives AP value? And AP meaning the artist proofs because there are 20 of each, there's none more rare than the other. And regardless of print run, there are 20 of each. Let's start out with saying, an artist proof, I myself personally have never been interested in them for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I could never get them. Obviously the bots on the website are grabbing them up and then any platinum member on tops has the ability to buy them. Now I don't know if it's they can buy them at the beginning or they're able to buy them on the back end if there are orders that are canceled, but that is the reason why people like Twins Jake has so many artist proofs because they're able to purchase them directly, whereas the average consumer cannot like myself. So that for that reason, I've never been interested in them. Number two, they're not an artist proof. These have no real connection to the artist. They're just printed um, extra 20 copies. They put the silver frame on them and they call them an artist proof. They're just like a red refractor on a chrome card or a, a blue parallel on a paper card. They're not, they're not connected to the artist at all. So for that perspective, I have not been interested in them at all. So if they're not connected to the artist in any way, why do they exist? And I'll be very clear here. I have zero insider information. I have never spoken to Tops. I have never spoken to anyone with direct knowledge about these contracts to work. I can only talk about what I've seen on the internet, which we know is maybe real, maybe not at times, but it looks like the, art, the artist proofs are sold at a higher price for one reason. They cover the direct commission to the artist on each piece, where as in they're they're gonna give the artist you know two or three grand per 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 piece of artwork. That artist proof covers that that dollar amount, so they're free and clear. And then any other base cards that are sold, they then pay the artist commission on the amount of cards sold throughout the 48-hour period. I will say on the blowout forms, Blake Jameson walked everyone through uh, about a month or so ago the, how the commission works. He didn't give the percentages. Um, I presume other artists are probably on all different contracts, but it is based on the amount of orders, but it, it depends on the amount of each order. As in, 
the artists will make more money if every one of us bought every single card and just said 20 bucks, they make more money than if I then did a pre-order of a bundle of 10, that order is only 150 bucks versus 10 cards of 200. So they make more money on the, on the amount of dollars that Tops takes in. But that doesn't really matter here. What matters is the AP value and what drives it. And what drives it is gonna be a perfect mixture of artist and player combined. Whereas you see Ben Baller talking about the fact that he'll spend a lot of money on any one of his artist proofs, that is naturally gonna drive that artist proof way up. At the same time, you have someone like Grotesque on like a Cal Ripken artist proof, that's not gonna be that big of demand. But then you have a Grotesque Mike Trout artist proof, that is gonna go for more just because there are more collectors of Mike Trout. So at the end of the day, there is real no scientific formula for figuring this out. It really depends on the artist and the player. But at the same time, there are probably, I would think a lot of people who are collecting Project 2020 who have no interest in an artist proof. So if you're getting them at retail at 300 bucks and you're trying to flip them, I would be careful. I would just be cautious because who knows what the long-term value of these are because they're not connected to the artist. So I gotta give Topps credit for calling me artist proof when they're not even an artist proof. But when you think about Topps and their perspective of the set right now, are they trying to stunt the growth? Are they trying just to get home to 400? Or are they looking to really ramp up production and make this set even bigger and better? I will say it's been incredibly frustrating to see Tops just kind of abandon the project from a marketing perspective. This is a set that five and a half months after it released, we're still talking about, and we still have three and a half months to go on this set. This is a challenge from an advertising perspective because most products you don't want to talk about a month after release because you have a new product lined up. This is a set that you really want to talk about what has happened because you still have a lot that's happening. And so if you can draw people into the set and then get them excited about what happened, they will then purchase cards in the future. But it really feels as tops is like, I just don't want to sell any more cards. We're very happy with three to 4,000 so we can just get to 400. Because there are a lot of positives right now in the set but nobody is really talking about it. We are just a couple of print runs away from selling 2 million base cards in Project 2020. Now, when I talk about 2 million, I'm not talking about the one of ones or the 20 artist proofs because those are normal all the time. They're always printed, but we are just a, a couple print runs from 2 million. And why are we not talking about that from a top perspective? Why are we not hearing about just how awesome that is that we are now at 2 million cards you know, why are we not celebrating and why are we not talking more about the shipping? We have now seen on Twitter someone, I think Paul Lesko had mentioned, he had up to card 197 on a shipping notification. That is really, really good progress. But Tops has not been consistent on their commitment to update us every Thursday on shipping. Now, unless I missed the last Thursday update, the last time I saw was, was the one on September 3rd for I believe card 155. We're getting very, very close. Yes, we're still 50 cards away, but at one time we were over 100 cards away when it, come, when it came to what we were selling and what was shipping. So there's a lot of positive things here. One thing I wish Tops had done, and I still hold out hope that they might do this, but we're a little bit late in the set for this, I would love to see a five to six minute video of them walking the fans through the process from order to shipment. This is a very different process than packing out a regular base product 
where you just wrap them in packs and ship them out. This is a lot of hand work and hand labor, and I would love a behind the scenes five minute video of what it takes to pack up one single order of Project 2020 because that would explain a lot. That would explain why they can't ship them out every single day and, and stick up with the numbers because it is more labor intensive and it would also deliver the fans a level of transparency that would be amazing and then people would understand why the cards are not shipped out day by day. And the third one here is the quality of the cards is continuing to improve from the way they're being shipped. Tops has done a fantastic job of making sure these cases are getting to our houses not as scratched as they were. During the height of the bubble, the quality was just abysmal and it was terrible. I get it, censoring is still an issue. I understand that. I don't know if they can ever fix that. But Tops has done a lot of good things over the past 30 to 45 days. But you wouldn't know that because they're not talking about it. And because they're not talking about it is the reason why I feel that they're not interested in driving this set to where it could be at and driving to its true potential. Maybe the biggest problem with this set is it became an instant flip target and that is what drove up the bubble and that is what caused all of the nightmares for tops in this set. Maybe they are scared to drive this set the way it should be. Maybe they're okay letting the artists do their own work. Maybe they're okay letting Blake Jameson do a nightly stream interviewing the artists. But it's just amazing to see them just kind of abandon this all together when this set is so revolutionary. And we look back in 5 to 10, 15 years on the set, we're going to be able to talk about where we were and what we did during this set. So when we look down the road three and a half months to December, if Thompson Facts continues to not advertise the set, continue to not talk about it, what does that mean for the value on the secondary market? Now, I understand Tops has no responsibility for anything on the secondary market. All they, all they care about and all they should be responsible for is selling them at retail. I really think that it's going to take us longer and longer and longer for these cards to appreciate if we do not get new buyers into the set. Football starts today. Although I have no interest in the football season, I'm barely watching the baseball season, there is going to be further eyeballs possibly taking off this set or taken off of this set because of more sports coming back on. So when you think about the appreciation of the secondary pricing, it's just going to take longer. We can also start to see more of the first player cards come down because five and a half months into the set, it's very, very hard to find somebody who does not have the cards they need at the moment. There are people who are missing the bubble cards who need to go back and pick them up for five to six dollars. But bubble card sales are not the true market in Project 2020 because we can never look at a, a Ben Baller card or a Blake Jameson Mike Trout and say, well, that card is now up to seven dollars or eight dollars and the market's now healing. What matters is first and second player pricing with Forgotten 7. So continue to check out my website. I am gonna continue to update that pricing every single day. I know for a 100% fact, I am not going anywhere. I am with this set. If I'm the last guy talking about this set on December 31st, the last guy turn the lights out, I am all about this set. I just wish Tops would get behind it a little bit more Getting print runs up to maybe five to 6,000, getting new buyers in is not the worst thing. I just wish they weren't afraid to be successful and to show the power of this set. We will see what happens over the next three and a half months. I hold out hope that we're gonna have a resurgence of buyers coming in where this project is gonna go off on a high note, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully you liked the video, and if you did, please give it a thumbs up, and if you wanna hear more news and notes from me or my thoughts around Project 2020, Check out that playlist on the screen right now.